There he goes. One of God's own prototypes. A high-powered mutant of some kind never even considered for mass production. Too weird to live, and too rare to die. Welcome to episode 99 of the Digital Freemason Podcast for the week of December 22nd, 2008. I'm your host, Scott, and I'll be taking you along through my excellent adventures through the world of short and sonic educational papers. As always, this and all other papers are available at their website, www.thedigitalfreemason.com, and I urge you to buy. This week's episode deals with the investigations, which is everyone's first foray into the craft of Freemasonry, and gives a little bit of an understanding not only from the expectations of what uh, is required of the people that are doing the investigation, but also gives a bit of an insight for somebody who's applying to become a member of the fraternity as to what it is that they'll, they can be expecting. So we'll get going with Worshipful Brother Albrecht's piece on the investigation. How well are we guarding the West Gate? This is the gate through which the uninitiated must pass in order to become a member of our great fraternity. Some may feel that we are permitting too many to pass who can pay the fee and contribute little else. I submit there are three categories for the Tyler of the West Gate, and the responsibility of guarding it must be shared amongst them all. The category of Tylers are the sponsors, the lodge members, and the investigation committee. Section 308 of the Constitution of the Grand Lodge of Canada in the province of Ontario <clears throat> indicates that the sponsors must be two Master Masons in good standing. Our obligation to the candidate begins the day he approaches the lodge for an application. He should not be left alone until he himself has determined that he can continue alone. Too often it has been said that the newly made mason, that you get out of Freemasonry what you put into it. This may be very true. But however, would you throw a drowning man a pamphlet on how to swim and then walk away? Certainly not. Yet we do this in Freemasonry. I think the time for questioning the petitioner is before the application is signed, and every sponsor should know or get to know him before he signs the application. The sponsor should begin by resolving to be the guide to the prospective candidate. Then there should be a heart-to-heart talk with the man, and the questions that should be asked need to include, Why do you want to become a Mason? What benefits do you expect from the membership? Does membership in the higher orders influence your decision to become a Mason? Can you afford the initiation fee and annual dues? Can you afford the time that is required to attend the meetings? Do you expect the same type of activities in masonry as you do in other service clubs? Now, having received suitable answers, the sponsors should proceed to explain as much about the craft as they can. Be sure to emphasize that masonry is not a charitable organization in the usual sense, but charitable in the greater sense of giving of oneself. Once the sponsors are satisfied that the man is making an earnest request, the application can be processed to its next logical sequence. For the lodge members, the Constitution indicates that if two or more black balls are present, the ballot is unfavorable to the applicant. If you recall, the logical steps in the processing of an application are it is read in an open lodge and the investigation committee is appointed by the wishful master. The details of the application appear in the summons and the notice for the ballot appears in the subsequent summons. This procedure gives each lodge member adequate notice and time to speak up early should they have anything to say about the applicant. Do not wait until balloting time to express an adverse opinion through the silent and secret casting of a black ball. 
your knowledge of the applicant's character could reject him before it gets to the ballot, which is as it should be. Whereas one black ball will not reject him. The lodge members should expect that by the time an applicant is read in open lodge, the applicant is well informed about our order, as he can be. Remember, don't wait for the ballot to express your silent opinion. This is the easy way out. Speak up or shut up. Section 318 of the Constitution indicates that the investigating committee must consist of three or more Master Masons in good standing. This committee is to ensure that there is no unworthy person that may be admitted to our fraternity. Their recommendations, usually through the Committee of General Purposes, will influence the further processing of the application. Usually, if it comes to ballot, there should not be any rejection. It is difficult to define the duties of the investigating committee with much clarity. The necessary direction of one investigation does not dictate that of another. Yet, we can make an attempt to be more specific than we have been in the past. The following may be a help as a guide. Visit the petitioner at his home. Ask his family to stay. There is nothing that can be told to him that cannot be told to his wife. Ask her if she has any objections to him joining Freemasonry. It should be made clear to both that Masonry is not a benefit society. And don't be afraid to ask personal questions. Some qualities that watch for in the investigation of an applicant are What are his internal qualifications? He must be wanting to come of his own free will and accord. He must not be influenced by mercenary motives. He must have a conceived, favorable opinion of the order. He must know that he will be asked to conform with cheerfulness to the established usages and customs of the fraternity. What about his external qualifications? What are his living habits? Does he believe in a supreme being? Can he conform to some of the requirements of the ceremonies? If not, you must report to the worshipful master, who must then notify the district deputy grandmaster. And can he understand and appreciate the ceremonies? There's a book in the Grand Lodge of Canada in the province of Alberta called Meeting the Challenge, which outlines some thoughts that can be applied to the work of investigating committees. Ensure that you're fairly conversant on, the sections of, on some of the sections of the Constitution regarding residence requirements, concerning the previous rejections, and, if any, regarding a central Masonic Bureau. Encourage questions from the applicant and answer the questions as fully as you can. Don't turn them aside as if they were hidden under a veil of secrecy. Talk about the different orders of masonry which require Masonic status to join, such as the Royal Arch and the Scottish Rite. Be careful when you recommend as a candidate for membership. One false step at this point can be fatal. If you introduce a, a disputish person, confusion will be produced and may end up in the dis dissolution of the lodge. If you have a good lodge, keep it selected. Great numbers are not always beneficial. The good report of your lodge rests with you. Think well before you recommend anyone for initiation. There is little more that can be added at this time. Remember that we do not expect perfection in the, in the applicant. Yet he must possess a foundation which is built on intellect and character to grasp what masonry has to offer. We are neither a reformatory nor a halo society, but we are dedicated to some basic principles and tenets which are brotherly love, relief, and truth. It is imperative that we make the applicant a well-informed man, even if he chooses not to follow through with his application to become a member of our fraternity. So that's Worshipful Brother Albrecht's thoughts on uh, the investigation committees. And uh, look, reading through that, it, it, there's a lot of things in there that I say, yeah, you know what, I know that, yeah, I know that. But 
as always, every once in a while, it's good to just sort of sit back and just remember and have it recounted to us as to what exactly it is that we need to be doing when we do our investigations and start to bring somebody new into the craft. So I hope you have yourself some wonderful Christmas holidays and manage to spend a lot of time with family and friends over the next couple of weeks. And I look forward to seeing you on the next time. If you have any questions or anything along that lines, please be sure to email me at podcast at thedigitalfreemason.com. So until next time, be sure to keep the shiny side up.